0: Yo, welcome to another episode of Helping Homies Win, the podcast
1: Tools for Lifting a Generation I am Antonio J. Bell And
0: it's your boy T. Ross What up with you, bro?
1: What's good, man? How you feeling, bro? I'm solid, bro It's been a minute, dog I don't even know how to do this no more
0: Hey, you know what I feel like? I feel like (laughs) the first day of school after like a long summer break (laughs) After winter break? Yeah, no, after like summer break (laughs) Summer break?
1: Bro, it's been like a smooth month, man So let's, uh, I mean, I guess it's only right to let people know what we've been up to It's been a minute
0: That's actually a great point, you're right um, So go for it, brother, what you've been up to <laughs> no, no, no. No, let, let I'm go. so hot <laughs> I just had to flip the script
1: I just flipped the script um, That's a good point, my brother So so, bro, I was watching an interview today uh, It was Jonah Hill on The Breakfast Club and they were just saying, um, do you think you're exercising your black privilege enough? Or your white privilege. In your white privilege, what are you doing to help um, people of color? Mm. And, you know, Jonah Hill goes, not enough. He said, you know what? I got a better question. What do you think that I should be doing to be helping? <laughs> I was I like, like that. That, was, that was so smooth to be able to flip the script like that, yo.
0: I feel like a lot of people would be like, uh, they'd probably be
1: shook. Feel the pressure That needs to, yes, end that's, that's clever. I and be know. trying to make up stuff, but he was like, "Yo, like, what, 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 what should I be doing? <laughs> not enough, <laughs> I mean, not I enough." Like that. I like. That. I, I like know, that you know that was good, dog. But right. but no, but so what you been up to, dog? What's happening?
0: Um, man, I've been I've been uh in school, bro. Like, I realized yeah. the time I have ain't no, ain't my time no more. Ooh. Like, my time, my time ain't mine, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it come down to. Like, you know, I finished yeah. up my, my uh my first quarter of uh grad school. Mm-hmm. Um it's probably the first time I think I held on to A's, bro. Like I ain't never did that ever.
1: You had on the A's, right?
0: Like like letter like the letter grade. Yes, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Just, just wanna just wanna be clear about that, my brother. No, no, no. Uh, that... We we need to be clear. We need to be
1: clear. <laughs> <laughs> That LA vernacular slipped out a little bit. So you had <laughs> on the A's the whole quarter.
0: Yeah, bro, like I mean, you know, I still gotta wait for the final final grades, but um last time I checked I had A's in both classes, you know. Last like, time okay. that I checked. Exactly. You know what I mean? So you know, I'm just grateful for that, bro. Like I'm like I I've been putting on my story, like I'm just learning myself more and learning my yeah. habits that I need in order to be successful. And I think just going through this process um of studying student development, uh the the real gem is learning my own development and like how i think Mm. how i process and just being more in tune with my own experiences and knowing how deep they go you know what i mean because i could say you know off the top these are some things i'm dealing with but it's so much more to that it's it's 27 years of life underneath each of that each of the things i've identified about myself you know so Mm. it's been good man it's been it's been a it's been a really good experience
1: how, is there is there anything that you're doing specifically to manage that now? Like, are you on a schedule? Are you you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. is there any other disciplines you have put into play, or is it are you still figuring it out?
0: That's good. That's a great. That's a great. Because
1: you're also bro. working full time, right? That's, we're not you're not we're not just in school. You're working full time. You're in school. You're in a relationship. So how are you managing and 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 giving time Man. to everything in its respective areas?
0: That's a great question, bro. Um, definitely in school full time. I am in a working full time relationship. Um, you know, just everything, bro, just balance. Um and it's funny when I say balance, I think when I say balance, I always think like oh everything's evenly distributed. But it's it's not mm. even that. It's it's learning where the priority is, you know. Um yeah. being something my boss told me was my boss told me this after I kinda kinda broke down to her what I've been doing. But one thing she said that stood out to me was it's still my first quarter so the expectation is that I'm adjusting. So Mm. I don't need to spend so much time on, I need to get this right or I need to understand this assignment in its entirety. I need to get A's on all my papers and all my assignments and all my projects. I need to maximize this, I need to maximize that. It's like I need to give myself a little bit more grace because I gotta understand that I'm transitioning. You know, it doesn't mean to Mm -hmm. cut any corners but Understand that it's going to take time to adjust to what I need. I think maybe three or four weeks in, my quarters are eight weeks. It's a really accelerated quarter. but I think I realized maybe three weeks in that I said I wanted to go to the library more, but I did not do it until I was already three weeks in, you know? Um, and I could yeah. beat myself up over the fact that I forgot or I didn't do it, like I said I would, but I just did it. So I'm in class Tuesdays and Thursdays from 4:45 until 950. And um, on Mondays and Wednesdays, I go to the library after work. So I, I get to the library around 5, 5.30, and I stay until about 11.30 um, on Mondays mm. and Wednesdays. And uh, when I'm in that library, it takes me like a good 30, 45 minutes to literally put my stuff down, spread out you know, my computer, my laptop, my, my planner, my passion planner, um, my Hydro Flask, my Yerba Mate, cause that's key. Um, <laughs> Check social media, you know, get all the messages out I need to get out. And then I start to look into what I need to get done. One of the things I've really done that has been extremely helpful is creating desktops on my laptop. Not tabs, but like literal different desktops that I can scroll through. And each desktop kind of represents a different part of my mind. It's crazy.
1: Um, yeah. Different like, desktop. What do you mean by different desktops?
0: Like if you if you got a Mac... I know you got a Mac, but for those listening, if you got a MacBook, if you hit F3 along, at least on the newer Macs, there's this like expose where you can see everything you have open all the different yeah. windows at the top. There's this thing that says desktop one, desktop two. So it's kind of like having two monitors, but you're able to build up to like seven or eight monitors and you scroll oh, through the different snap. monitors. So I do that. One's like my social media. So that's my group me, it's my text messaging and like my emails. And I have another one that's my class syllabus or my class syllabi for both classes then I got another one with all the articles and readings I have to do then I have another one with my word document of the do- of the thing that I'm writing and then I have another one that's my my uh, sticky notes for all the different like random ideas I get as I'm working wow um, I so know I, nothing
1: about that but you can't change the different it's going to be still your main home desktop but you create a different desktop and you just have you can do different things under yes. the desktop yes exactly. got you exactly. that's exactly. wild wow. okay
0: yeah, so that, I just organize, bro, and I, that takes me about like an hour and a half before I'm really in, and I know everything where it needs to be. Um, I know exactly what it is, my, my assignment is, I have all my articles open, I know what I'm going to do next, and then I just start digging in slowly, and sooner or later, mm. I'm in my flow, you know? Um, yeah. Like, it, that's helped me tremendously, bro. Like, that literally is the game changer, because I can't work at home. Like, home is too comfortable. Like, I'm going to yeah. get up and go make a sandwich, and I'm a you know, eat some red vines, then go upstairs real quick. And I'm like, oh man, I should, I should clean up the bathroom real quick. And then I'm gonna come back downstairs and like, oh man, there's dishes. I should do the dishes. And then, oh man, my bookshelf looks a little dusty. I should probably dust that. Like mm-hmm. everything else becomes priority, you know?
1: It's um, wild because, you know, that, that takes me to, um, so, yeah. you know, when I studied with Aaron Spizer, um, at his studio in LA, uh, for those of you that don't know, Aaron Spicer is a renowned acting coach um, in the L.A. area. He's trained Will Smith, Gerard Butler, Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, the Waynes brothers, uh, the Halle—not Halle Berry, actually—the Waynes brothers, and a, a bunch of other people, right? Antonio, J. Virginia Madsen, um, yeah, sure. Um, so, so he's worked with all these people, right? But one of the things he's talked about, uh, like in his in his manual or in his like his book, is like. Um, you have to, like, you know, one of the things he recommends is that you need to turn your phone off um, and put it away somewhere when you're gonna start working, right? You need to, you know, cut off every distraction and, like, lock into what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And as I'm, like, I guess getting more experience, I'm gonna say, I'm noticing how important that is. Like, even if I'm reading a script, like, you know, I need to be in a, like, in the hotel. I'm in a hotel now, I'm in Virginia shooting a film, but I'll be in a completely different room in the hotel, not the bedroom where all my distractions may be or I'll take my stuff and go to the coffee shop or downstairs or whatever the case is because if you don't, like you said, there's so many distractions around. Right. Uh and you just can't get nothing done, which is crazy. That you gotta like parent yourself, but yeah. I get it.
0: Yeah. I think that bro, that's 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 key. That's key. Yeah. Um I don't think it can be done without that. I don't think it can be. Um Yeah, man, it's been it's been eye-opening to say the least I've seen the impact of it in every other aspect of my life Um, even like with my family you know like not not going back home to Carson to see my family right away or like as often Mm. as I probably could um, because that time is I'm using to study you know Um, yeah I never not have work because I have reading for days you know Um, right I found ways to, you know, make it a lot manage, a lot more manageable by relying on a cohort and we take notes and we share readings, we break down readings. So you read this chapter, I read this chapter, we put our notes up on the Google Drive and we kinda just refer to notes. If we need to go in, we can go in, but at least we get a gist of what, you know, whatever that reading is, is, is discussing. So um, that, but also work helps. Like the fact that I work in the field already full time helps me understand what I'm learning gotcha. in class. Um, what else? Work itself. A lot, I mean, it's my, third, it's my third round with students. So this is my third academic year working with students. So I'm fairly comfortable in knowing exactly what to expect throughout the school year. Like things are gonna pop up that I don't expect or don't anticipate, but yet I know more or less what I need to get done and how I'm gonna do it as effective as possible. So um, mm. it, my work isn't too demanding in that, in that sense. Um, where I feel like, man, I don't know. Like my, my job has been very flexible with me, um, in, in needing to leave to go to class and you know taking breaks when I need them. You know what I mean? Like it, it's yeah. They understand. You know, at the end of the day, me getting this education is helping me immediately the next day I go to work. So yeah. it's literally an investment. Um, relationship wise, um, just being more intentional with that with the time spent. You know, because for me it's about making sure that. I make time, so in what that looks like is literally planning out events. You know, whether it's going to San Francisco, going to San Diego, going to the gun range, um, going to dinner, like anything. You know what I mean? It's, it's making sure that yeah. it's planned, quality time. Um, and gotcha. literally, I'm disconnecting. I'm not checking my school email. I'm not thinking about mm-hmm. school. I'm not thinking about work. I, I've 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 gotten to a point where. I'm telling myself more so because of my experience in school that I can't think about the paper that's due tomorrow. I can't think about the paper that's due next week. I got to plan and schedule time to do that. When I'm in the library on Monday and Wednesday is when I'm planning out the rest of my week, you know? Gotcha. Um, When I'm going to do what? Monday, I'm going to do this for this day. Wednesday, I'm going to do this for this day. And that's it. So when the weekend comes, you know, I do spend time working. But if I made a decision that this is what I'm going to be doing this weekend, that's what I'm doing this weekend,
1: you know? Yeah.
0: Um yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's, that's what's up though. That's where I've been, bro. Like <laughs> I'm learning myself, man. I'm learning myself.
1: Yeah. You know? That's dope though. It seems like a um seems like a dope pro dope process. That's what's been interesting. That's why like I haven't really like been mad that we haven't been able to record I just know. Like, we're both respectively, like, mad busy, which is kind of dope, mm-hmm. um, but crazy at the same time. But it's, it's a weird thing. I know we talked about that. Um, I feel like it was a year ago, dog. We were both, like, really wondering what the next few years are going to look like. And then, like, now being here and being in these moments where things are moving so fluidly and we're both, like, really, like, on a new hustle is just really interesting to me, um, considering our mindsets since then. Oh. Yeah.
0: I wish bro. I wish we I wish we was podcasting back then.
1: Damn, that would've been crazy. Listen work. to that though. Yeah. Yeah. Man. That'd have been wild.
0: But good thing is a year from now we can listen back to these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so
1: Right. We got I mean we even still got stuff. We we actually got stuff that we recorded almost a year ago.
0: Dang
1: Because we, we started in January, that. I think. December, January. We
0: started recording in January, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We didn't really release till like
1: Nah June.
0: June, that's
1: wild. That's wild June, yeah. So yeah, a lot of the, yeah. So a
0: lot of the episodes y'all listening to were probably recorded six months ago.
1: Well more than probably six like the ago. first like five or six episodes.
0: Yeah, they were recorded a minute ago. That's dope. It's kind of like we're artists yeah. putting out music that we that we've been
1: sitting on. Well, we are. You know, we're we are artists. That's right. We um, are artists. You're. Right. <laughs> 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 gotta perceive um, that more.
0: So speaking about artists, but, let, let's talk about the artist
1: named Antonio J. Bell. Man. What um, has what has Antonio
0: been, J. Bell been up to?
1: Man, it's been crazy, dog. I mean, it's weird saying this because like you know what I'm doing, but a lot of people don't. Um, but nah, so we did um, you know, I came off of uh Dare Me, which was a pilot I shot in August. And um, bro, I was just really i I was thinking about that today actually. It was really interesting. Cause I remember coming off of that on some like you know, I felt good that I'm, like, working and I've done something else and I've added another um, line to my resume and I've, I've taken another step in a good direction. And, you know, the mindset after that was like, yo, let me just post until November, push just as far out of my mind as I can, mm. and hope we get picked up and we just, you know, rock from there. Right. And not even a month later, it feels like um, right when I get back home, I, um, I booked a project, um called Harriet so now I'm in Virginia I've been here for a couple weeks now filming the biopic for um, Harriet Tubman with you know Cynthia Revo, who was an incredible incredible actress and um Clark Peters from The Wire Vanessa Bell Calloway who plays everybody's mama in every movie um they've got, they've got Omar J Dorsey from Queen Sugar they've mm. got he's cool he's real cool they've got a. Uh, um Janelle Monet in this one. Um, Janelle I think Monae. Leslie Small. Janelle Monet's in it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's hella people in this movie, man. And like, the funny thing is it was such a small role on the page but um, once we got the script and everything it was a lot more work than, than we thought it was gonna be which is amazing. So I've been here for two weeks now of like the, the five, five weeks I think total that I have on this project. So I've literally spent like the last like Two or three months like living out a suitcase, <laughs> you know? Man. Um, well, it's dope though. This is like, you know, kind of been like slick my dream is like to be traveling and living out a suitcase and just working and like um, moving around. So I love to travel. Um, so I've been here um, shooting this film. And, you know, this film is obviously um, dealing a lot with slavery and oppression and, and freedom and journeys and, and all kinds of things, man. It's been an eye opening experience because. Before this film, I never really understood the concept of slavery, you know, Mm. I never really thought about it. It wasn't real to me. It was as real as um, the Bible or history, you know, and not saying that those things aren't real because both of them to me are very much real. But they um, the idea is because we're so separated from that, that life and the reality thereof, we can't really tap into what that meant for people. You know, because we're reading it in a textbook and we're removed. We're reading it in a comfortable classroom or in a comfortable church, and we're hearing these stories. And our privilege, yeah. you know, we're getting to um, listen to the stories um, that have been handed down from generation to generation. But we haven't really got to understand the humanity. that like, these are real said, people. Like we haven't been yeah.
0: put into a story.
1: So, so let's
0: let's just clarify this. So, you are in Virginia. You're filming yeah. a biopic. A biopic, depending on where you're from, how you want to say it, right. um, called Harriet. Based on Harriet Tubman, taking you back to slavery, taking us back to slavery through film. And you're playing the role mm-hmm. of a slave, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That requires you to put yourself in the space, in the character, yeah. in the life and experience of an actual slave. As as best as, as, as you can, can yeah yeah bro yeah well you told me that you know so hold on hold on so <laughs> let's, let's let's just let's just bring this back because this is important okay. you talked about being on the pilot you're, you're in canada toronto filming the pilot for daring me this is after you know having you know some space and acting you get this going you're like yo here i am working again i'm grateful for this
1: Oh, 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 and I hate to cut you off, but also yeah. Nigerian prince just dropped two days ago, so yeah, that happened. But go ahead yes,
0: yes, Nigerian prince did drop two days ago <laughs> three, three days ago, three days ago three days ago, three, three days, days ago. ago, three days ago. Um, you know, so so we're living in this space right here, right? And then you're like, okay, I'm gonna let this stretch out to November, or so, and not even November comes, November hasn't even come yet. You're already on another project, a big project. Yeah, that people are already looking at and all of that. This is huge. So even in celebrating that, bro, it's like yo, like you moving. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like you you making moves, right? Mm-hmm. It took me a while before you'd even registered that you were playing a slave.
1: Mm. Like, yeah, yeah Oh, yeah.
0: bro, you booked another project. That's amazing. This is great. <laughs> like, Cast is making <laughs> making it happen. You're doing this acting. Yeah, man. yeah. You're just on some like. Let's celebrate that. Like you winning right now. Right. Yeah. But then it it's set in like, oh, you're about to start filming. Okay. You got the script. Okay. Table read. Oh, that's dope. Oh, you already in the city. That's dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then you, you're saying, bro, I'm having to put myself in the role of this character. And it's like, yo, the work has to happen. But in order for the yeah. work to happen, you have to embody this character. And the character that you're embodying is a slave. Yeah. Bro, that's a different level of like that's that's deep that's deep i don't even know
1: how to articulate it bro it's a lot because it's like you know it's you know so many thoughts like i'm thinking like you know if i took everything i have right now you know as far as like you know the people that i know but the stuff that counts in life right the immaterial things my friends the people i know the people i love and my lifestyle mm-hmm. um you know, and not a lifestyle, but just my life, you know, yeah. and, and what's important to me. If I take all those things and put it into that time period, you know, there's a situation where, like, my daughter right now, four years old, will be out with me in the fields, you know, um, performing, you know, whatever job suitable for her age where it's like, you know, they had kids act as scarecrows, you know, it was one of the things they had them do, you know, to keep, you know you know crows away from the crops and things. That's why. That's why. You know they call them pickin' Do you know what pickin' are? Nah. I
0: need
1: I to think look I that. Do, up. But,
0: but, but explain that if you can.
1: What just say? and see if you're right while I'm looking it up real quick cuz I've been meaning to look it up. I keep forgetting. A, a pickin' ninny. I
0: I feel like that came from like picnics, right? Like pick a nigga um right, yeah, I've heard that before too. I've yeah, heard yeah, pick a nigga. Yeah. Uh but a aren't they like the like the characters
1: They also are caricatures. I wanted to say I thought it was a job too. Um Uh anyway, neither here nor there. I thought I it was a job to, too. I don't know
0: how to spell that.
1: Uh P I C A C sorry, P I C K A N N N I N N Y. Um I have to so dyslexic right now. But no, it's just a racial slur, actually. Um it's derived from something. It's also derived from um Patois and Pigeon dialects too. Um uh, to a picking to describe a child. Small anyway, Black- not what I thought it meant. Doesn't matter. Not what I meant. But anyway, um they had various jobs, you know, in in, in those times. You think about your um your, your mothers, your sisters potentially being, you know, raped or just um, at the whim of, you know, the um, slave owners. You think about um, the fact that your families can just be separated, you know, and the fact that, you know, some people are free and some people are not. You know, everybody wasn't a slave, you know, all throughout slavery. You know, you have some people that, you know, were free men and, you know, were kidnapped back into slavery and things like that. So it's right. just so many... Um, different realities you know that i think about man and like it always brings you back to to this conversation i remember having a lot growing up where you'd be talking to the homies and they'd be like man i could have never been a slave blah 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 like man they would have to kill me dog i would have never been a slave this that and the third and it's like you know for me i was talking to somebody about this like a week ago that is like probably the most disrespectful thing anybody can say um to our people historically you know Um, or about our people historically, right? Because, you know, to be a slave is also to have that psychological conditioning that you are less than because of the color of your skin, that you are property, and you're as good as a hog or an animal or, you know, you're you're somebody's property, you know? So for you to say that you can never do that, sure, that's easy from your privilege because you know what freedom is and what it tastes like, right? But if you were born into slavery, and you've never been free a day in your life, you know. From the time that you were born, you were somebody's property, and everybody around you has told you and trained you to behave this way. You would not be, you know, speaking or or moving in the way that you think you would be moving, or the way that you move now, you know. And you know, you think about, you know, these same people that make comments like that won't jaywalk. Why? Because you don't want to get a ticket. Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna make a make a left turn without your without your blinker on. Why? Because you don't want to get a ticket. You've been conditioned based on the confines of what our society is based around today. So why wouldn't you do the same thing? You know, two, three, four hundred years ago. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So it's a lot. It's a lot. Just kind of breaking all of that down and really thinking about all of that in the confines of like that world and that existence, and like what everybody had to do to be free. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, it's a lot And all these stories That people never told, tell um, it's, a lot. it's a lot It's a lot It's a lot I that went on deep. a tangent But it's a lot
0: No that's deep bro I, I I think Even when you When you hit me In that text message Of just saying The things that you're Having to like Consider oh, You talk that. about yeah. You talking about Maddie and And just You just Just everything Across the board Like sisters And siblings And mom Parents Just everybody being Like Displaced, You know what I mean? And and literally not knowing. It's not like you could check a feed and make a call to figure out where people are. And, you know, when you get a chance, find a phone to figure out where people are. Like, that doesn't Mm -hmm. exist. You know, so literally, I literally had to take time to sit with that message before I could even really respond. You know, like I literally needed to think like, man, what does that really mean? You know, because Mm -hmm. I have all this modern technology around me. And I even think about what life would be like without it and think good, but when it comes to a situation that's like life altering, how can you even fathom what that would be like? You know, and it was, it's difficult. It's extremely difficult. So yeah, I I hear you, I hear you, you know, and I just just wish almost like we all can kind of have that type of experience that we can make that situation real for us, because I think we definitely will move differently you know, I know I would move differently, you know, to truly keep in mind the, the, that time. You know what I mean? The reality of that time, rather.
1: Yeah. Um, the, the It's tough of, because, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough because we're just so far removed from it, man. And it's all this rhetoric around, like, you know, our current age issues, right? Is one mm-hmm. thing. And then the other thing is just the, I think people want to move on really bad from our history because it's so painful, you know? Mm. Um, It's interesting because this ties into this this play I watched, right? Um, I went to see American Son when I was in Broadway, uh, on Broadway, um, in New York. Sorry, when I was in New York on Broadway, it's three in the Mm. morning, I'm tripping. When I was in New York, (laughs) we saw American (laughs) Son on Broadway, right? And that play, one of the, the, the plots of the play is around police brutality. And I didn't want to see it because of the the, the context, because I'm like, bro, con- the content or whatever, because I'm like, yo, I just, I'm over it. You know what I'm saying? We got three or four movies in theaters right now about the same thing. And, you know, we've been talking about this for so many years. I get it. It's real. It's a problem, whatever, whatever. But I'm tired of it. You know what I'm saying? I want to hear. I want, I, there's more stories to be told, right? Mm-hmm. And. When I watched this play, bro, it came at such a different angle, and it was such a different experience, and it was so like real and raw and truthful and that play took me through every single emotion in the human experience, you know, right. um in that ninety minutes that that I watched the play, and seeing them tell this story on that stage, and you know at the points where I did cry during this play, I realized that. A lot of the stuff that we want to avoid in life are are, are topics we're avoiding because they're so painful. Yeah. You know? Instead of acknowledging the weight and the gravity of damn, when black boys and black girls get killed, you know, or people of color get killed, or anybody at that matter, but really people of color is what we're talking about. So let me stop trying to be politically correct. Mm-hmm. When people of color get killed, you know, that hurts me, especially by the hands of the police, right? That idea breaks me. Man. You know, and I don't want to deal with that. So instead, I express my express my frustration with the times and man, everything is you know divided and this, that, and the third. Wow. When in fact, it's just that it hurts me, bro. You know, bro. but it's easy to be angry about the fact that I'm hurting, as opposed to letting myself say, "No, nah, this fucks with me. This hurts," and and dealing and with
0: experiencing that, experiencing it, bro. That's okay. key yeah. I literally have not to this day watched 13, the documentary, really? because of really it. So, like I work, I've done work in the prisons. And I know the system that's in place, but I refuse to literally watch that um, mm. because of what I believe I'm a feel, you know. Because um, I, yeah. I feel like I deal with it, and, and I, I hurt thinking about it because I understand the the the. I don't I don't understand it in its entirety, but I I have a heart for those that are incarcerated on probation, just in general, you know, our people. Yeah. Um. I think I broke down after Mike Brown was killed and um mm. you know I had been hearing it not in the sense like oh my gosh I'm scared or whatever but it was just a, a harsh reality to just accept it was a hard pill to swallow and I broke down like this sucks bro like yeah this is the world we live in you know with people and we and, you know what I mean and probably after that bro I I, I refused to look into any other situation where Somebody mm-hmm. was gunned down like I refused to watch the videos read the articles to really find out what happened Of course, I got you know my insight on social media, you know quick captions quick little videos and clips But I didn't take any time to really do real research to find out what happened and, and the depth of it to follow the stories You know because of the hurt yeah. associated with it literally um, I don't want this to be the side top the side topic. because I feel like this is also another thing to discuss But I saw uh, the hate you give uh, yesterday I think oh did was. you did you yeah, and it was it was great bro and and I literally had to hold myself back from crying damn near throughout the whole movie, bro, like really um but i I still allow myself to somewhat experience the pain a little bit more than I would any other time um great film, great freaking film, like amazing film, um but it helped me realize like this is a reality you know and, and that's ultimately what what I was feeling was the fact that this is a movie that's done really well and it it humanizes a lot of these situations that is easy to disconnect from but the reality yeah. is this is a reality like this is not a movie you know what i'm saying like that was yeah. heavy for me and it was heavy on me yeah. even after i left the theater um so i i definitely resonate with exactly what it is you're saying as far as needing to recognize that our reasoning for you know like we're almost upset like you said upset at these things but we need to just experience the fact that it hurts to be real with that we emotion have to. And
1: be raw with we it we have to we have to and, i think the I, I think avoiding it go ahead
0: no i was going to say i feel like you've done so much in allowing yourself to feel that even more often cuz you've been sharing a lot about The feelings and the emotions you're experiencing, and being able to cry watching a film, or you know, being able to have these experiences, that I feel like you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable in ways that the common person probably wouldn't. I know I wouldn't. You know what I mean? See, but
1: I mean, and thank you. That's beautiful. But it's it's (laughs) different for me because. (laughs) But (laughs) no, I have to do that though, bro. Like I have to because, like, so, so, as an actor, right? My emotion is a tool that I have to use, you know, on demand, you know, yeah. and we've trained ourselves as human beings to survive in the age that we survive in with all of the hate, with all of the hurt, with all of the pain, with all of the, you know, drama that is, you know, American life or life in the world or life in the world, right? We learn how to shut ourselves off and build these defense mechanisms not to feel, mm-hmm. right? Not to that feel, works. Yeah. For a while, you know, in everyday life. However, for what I do, that, that doesn't work because I'm going to be on set one day at four o'clock in the morning and it's going to be a scene where I have to cry. You know, it's going to be a scene where I have to be emotional, where I have to feel. And if I'm trained not to feel, my body is going to follow its training. And when I need to feel, my body is going to reject me at every single turn because I said, no, bro, we don't we don't do that. men don't cry. You got to man up. You got to deal with it. You got to, and I'm not going to be able to do my job, you know? So what I've noticed is it gets a little bit easier when I allow myself to feel in everyday life. Bro, I just cried watching, well, I didn't cry, but I almost, like I got, I got emotional and teared up a little bit watching the Will and Jada Red Table Talk thing a moment ago. You know, I cried watching a play the other day. Bro, I'll be walking down the street and I think of my daughter or just look at my life and say, yo, this is a really beautiful moment and I'll get emotional. And mm-hmm. instead of rejecting that, I allow myself to do so because I feel like, you know, I can live life more fully that way. But and it and it and it helps my craft. But it only happens because of what I do. If I wasn't an actor, I don't know if I would have come to that epiphany. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's huge. But
1: I feel like allowing ourselves to go through those emotions is healthy. You know, J Cole was talking about that on uh, that that viral thread when he was talking about the. Uh, the baby crying, the first thing we tell her to do is, is to be quiet. To be quiet. Don't, 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 stop yeah. crying. Instead of figuring out what's wrong with the baby, we tell them to stop crying. You know, if you haven't seen that clip, go find it. You know, it's just like dumb viral right now um, from the KOD tour. But we have to practice that because that's what's hurting us the most is our inability to effectively deal with, manage, and address our emotion.
0: Wow. Wow. That's huge. That's
1: huge. Ooh, man. And since we're here, well, since we're here, I think I think it, it actually works. So, with that red table talk I, we just watched, bro. I mean, we watched it independently. Part one, um, yeah. Part one. Part one, bro. I can't wait for part two, dog.
0: Bro, I'm ready. Yeah,
1: bro, I can't wait. Did you watch the behind the scenes joint too on YouTube?
0: No, I didn't watch behind the
1: scenes. It's like a, it's eight minutes and like some 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 change, but it's okay. on YouTube and it. You know, it's just you know that same bit when Will walks up and then them talking and joking around, and you get a it's a couple moments in there Where you get to just see him, you know, relating to Willow and and him and, and Jada joking around that they have inside jokes a little bit. You know, it's just like mm. real it's real cute to watch. And it's also cool to see how intimate they could be with so many people around. Right, but um, dang with so
0: many that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: crazy. Um, but even watching that, bro, like that's some of what they were talking about is just that, you know. Understanding themselves, man. They just seem so like aware, you know. And there's a point that I don't you probably went through this too, where I was like, damn, I wish they were my parents. (laughs) (laughs) To be able to soak bro, to be able to soak that up. But then there's another point that I had shortly after where I was like, Yo, their parents weren't them, so there's no excuse. Man, Man. You know what I mean? They didn't have their parents. They probably had pieces of of, that's a great point. You know what I'm saying? I didn't think their parents didn't really. Yeah. Bro, yeah, that, that hit me shortly after, like will and jada didn't have parents like will and Jada you know they are they are a culmination of that experience, yeah. and also their heightened experiences being the superstars they are or whatever the case is, and you know their spirituality or whatever the case is, but you know they're just they they're, they're changing and redefining their families Man. you know in real time.
0: The thing that I loved about that, bro is we are talking about emotions and not being afraid because I feel like that's the underlying thing even with their family just looking at the videos Will has posted the Red Table talk like they're coming head to head I I would imagine with fears you know what I mean like they're not because they're they're having these bold conversations like I think Jada even sat down with uh, Will's First wife You know what I mean Like Yeah Cherie, Yeah Cherie, Like he's, she sat down With her And it looks like She sat down With a few other um, Actors That she's probably Had Cherie, She sat down With Gabrielle the Union
1: They had issues before Yeah like, her and I, Gabriel Union Like I think Odds Rivals
0: we, we have issues With people And the thing That really stops us I think from even Addressing these things Maybe like Oh I don't care I don't need to have That person Or it's not that important Ah, uh, they're rude They're this They're that I think there's There's so much value In In Dealing with things You know what I'm saying Like yes. Dealing with things And being honest With what's happening Like In in the uh, interview he, he made mention of You know A time where You know Jada said something to him That he didn't like Early on Not early on They were two years In the relationship And he asked to speak with her In the, in the next room Like That yeah. in itself Is so bold Like Yeah So bold Because I think I would, I would imagine A first mind may be like I'm gonna I'm react to this you came at me this way yeah. and I don't like it. I'm going to give you some energy to let you know I don't like it rather than saying, hey, can we talk about that? And then having a yeah. conversation about it, you know, and then for him to set the tone by saying, yo, these are my guidelines and I'm not okay with this. Um, to me, it's just so uh, important for us to be aware of ourselves, to address the things that we don't like, address the things that make us uncomfortable. And yeah. Allow for life to happen. I think we do so much to try and control life, so it doesn't happen in the way that we assume it might happen, and we we strip ourselves of opportunities to grow, strip ourselves of opportunities to have these experiences that ultimately, to me, help our development. You know?
1: Yeah. So you're talking about when uh, they're talking about they're at the house, they're playing. Um, and one thing I love about that piece when he's telling that story is if you watch Jada and you watch her eyes. You can literally see her trying to recollect the events. Yeah, yeah. And trying it's to deep. remember that it's moment. I, just, I I, really, I really love watching people listen. I don't know. Well, I know why. But yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, he was talking about they're playing Pictionary with like 20 friends or whatever, and he had Trey in his lap. Trey was you know two years this, this, old disclaimer, or whatever.
0: Disclaimer. I, I wasn't gonna give the disclaimer. I, I wasn't gonna give the spoiler. But yeah, 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 Whatever. People may not watch it, and if you don't <laughs> listen,
1: listen, listen. If you about to watch it, bro, just start to skip ahead uh, uh, thirty seconds, and you'll miss all of this. You know, <laughs> or this will just make you want to watch it more. Whatever. Right? We don't work for Facebook, so <laughs> Damn, <laughs> shit, shit. Um. Sh- okay. I know that'd be crazy. She, had, I, we, we should see if we get a collab going. Anyway, she, um, she cursed at him or whatever the case was, and Will took her into the other room to, um, to let him know, let her know that in that relationship, um, he's not doing the profanity. You know, if you got to use profanity to talk to me, we can't be together. You know, um, but I respect that because I feel like, you know, in that, and I won't tell you how it closed to leave some, you know, uh, anonymity, but to, um. To that point, though, what I love about that is the fact that, you know, he understood his worth, right, and that he, that he has much, en- enough love and respect for himself to tell the woman that he loves, bro, I can't be with you if you're going to speak to me this way, you know, yeah. because I came from X, Y, and Z. I just, I can't do it. And I feel like the reason why people don't do it, and like you said earlier, man, this is an off-air conversation we had. We are talking about we put up with so much shit from the person that we like because we're afraid and we want to please them early yeah. on. Yeah, I want them to like me, so I'm just going to let that go or oh, maybe that's a one-off thing. They didn't really mean that. you know. We're giving so much benefit of the doubt as opposed to out the gate letting people know, this don't fly with me and, and building strong habits Right And I think that's so important yeah. Even when we talk about like You know Relationships Or we talk about consent Or we're talking about You know um, This whole This whole um, Rape culture For lack of a better word You know Or just issues around sexual abuse You know mm-hmm. On both sides Like All of that stuff I think it's really important To be able To be able To be comfortable With voicing your opinion Man I think I, I don't know if I told you But there's like a Uh the issue I had with one of my homegirls where um, a mutual friend of ours was making, you know, sexually um, sexually charged jokes that she wasn't comfortable with, mm-hmm. right? But in the moment, you know, because she's uncomfortable and because she probably doesn't know how to deal with it or maybe because she fears, like, being offending anybody, she laughs it off, you know? Wow. And the jokes continue to happen, but she voices her discontent with it afterwards, Right. So to my man that, you know, doesn't know he's being offensive, you know, he's getting a positive response in her laughter, you know, which reinforces his behavior. And it just continues that cycle when oh. secretly that's not OK for her, you yeah. know, because we haven't raised a generation of, of young women or young men that are comfortable voicing, you know, when they're uncomfortable, especially people of color, I think, because we're not, you know, we're not normally allowed to speak up when we're, when we're in a position where we're not comfortable. You know what I'm saying? But how important is it to be able to say, "Yo, this doesn't fly with me. This isn't okay. This needs to change." Right. You know, right. I don't think that's something that we practice enough or conversations that we have enough.
0: Yeah. I mean, literally in that in that space, I I love that you brought that to even like a platonic relationship, right? Platonic mm-hmm. relationship because I think that is where we ultimately need to establish those 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 boundaries, if you will. Um, yeah. And because that's also going to set the tone for how we handle relationships Because as we were talking earlier, one of the things that I felt made it so important Was that in the context of like a romantic relationship We, we find ourselves wanting to get something from that person Whether it's closer, more time with them Um, whether it's sex, whatever that that, that end goal is, right? not saying that that's the only reason why someone's operating, but at the end of the day, there's some selfish desire in having these exchanges with someone you're interested in. Um, There's this this feeling or this mind of, I'm gonna let that slide. You know, they may say something you don't like, but you let it slide because you're still getting to know each other. Or, um, you know, this person ends up doing something that I don't really like, but I'm not gonna charge it against them they just don't know, so let's let it slide. And I think those are all the moments that we're allowing ourselves to miss opportunities, to nip something in the bud, you know, for us to call attention to something, not in a way that's confrontational, but just saying, hey, yo, when you say that, that makes me uncomfortable. Or when you do that, it, it, I don't it, I don't like the way it makes me feel, or this communicates this to me. Uh, because we don't yeah. want to ruffle any feathers, we allow things to slide, and then there becomes this... Um, uh, subconscious or unspoken, um, what's the word? Resentment, permission? animosity? No, no, like more like permission uh, for it to continue. Like, you know, like silence yeah, yeah, does yeah. not mean no, right? We understand that, however, in certain situations. But it becomes,
1: a, but it becomes a, like an act of approval almost. Yeah,
0: it's almost as an act of approval. And it's like those are opportunities that we can call things into in, into check in order so that if that relationship is to move forward, it's, it's clear where individuals stand. You know what I mean? And the things your heart knows, your your deal breakers. We skip over that part and we end up having to feel our way through life and situations. And we end up in situations we never planned to be in because we never took the time to communicate what we want, where we are, and what we hope to get out of whatever that exchange may be. Yeah. And it's like we're afraid to be in control of our lives, basically.
1: Yeah. But it's interesting because it's like. In reality, it's like, what, what is the fear? You know what I'm saying? Because it does, it's, it's normally, the normal things that we fear don't really matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not really a situation, excuse me, a situation where we have a lot to lose. You know, where it's like, so if, you know, wh- like, wh- why would you fear telling your friend that you're uncomfortable with them behaving a certain way? Because they respond with, you're crazy, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I get to do what I want to do. They don't really value your opinion. They're not probably really legit your friend. And mm-hmm. if they disappear, you lose nothing. You know what I'm right. saying? Because you didn't really have anything to begin with. But right. the people that really rock with you and love you, they're going to work it out. You know what I'm saying? They're going to figure it out. They're going to try to understand you and hopefully try to make it better. But I feel like we haven't cultivated, you know, within our communities, you know, a generation of people that are comfortable and confident enough to, to have those conversations. And make it okay, and, and and I also think the standard um, of what is socially acceptable is flawed, you know, because what's socially acceptable in one circle or one uh, culture is not in others, you know. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think I don't think people are comfortable having that conversation, man. Even even as it relates, you know, to you know, sexuality, you know, or conversations involving sexual abuse, sexually abusive conversations, where you're making a joke. That is in any way sexual. There are groups of people where that joke is going to be perfectly fine, and right. nobody's going to be uncomfortable, right. you know. And there's going to be groups of people where it's where it's not. And it maybe one person out of ten that doesn't think it's okay, or maybe ten out of ten that don't think it's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's not a black and white endeavor, man. Everything is very complex, and we're dealing with different people and you know different ideas and thoughts and backgrounds and all these other things. And we're not, I don't think, open enough, you know, to the opinions of of, of enough people to like really dive in and figure out how to make that work you know because people are afraid to rock the boat
0: right i think i think a part of that fear of t- to to rock the boat is this is this idea that making or saying something that's offensive is weakness a weakness attributed to you as a person like your character's yeah. flawed because you made a mistake you are offense you offended me based on what you said so you are a wrong person I think we're so attached to the things that we do that we don't give ourselves enough grace to be like, "Yo, I am uninformed in this area." Um an example that I want to share is like I was in class and there was some, you know, some challenges going on at APU um more more so with like within the undergraduate population where there are some uh like difference of opinions when it comes to students and their sexual orientation uh, there were some I'm legal that. there were some legal you know matters at hand and um, I don't necessarily feel equipped or informed enough to truly develop a stance as far as what I believe um, the role of an institution is in supporting um, something that the school says they're not like in support of. Right. Like they, they essentially Mm -hmm. said, okay, we don't want students who are um, identified other than heterosexual to have any public displays of affection, even if it means holding hands. Right. The campus already is really big on like students not being in each other's rooms, not having sex. It's a, it's a a Christian uh, campus. Um, So they have these values. It's clear. It's not like they came in on the slide and snuck it in. Like students come in, they're fully aware, fully informed that this is the case. Uh, This issue became a lot bigger um, and there's just some uh, some some huge um, steps taken as far as like policy changes to now allow for students who identify with any sexual orientation to be welcomed. Right, because there's this notion that they're unwelcomed, and that wasn't what mm. the school ultimately wanted to push. Um, I guess there were some issues in that being communicated, and it became you know threatening to my knowledge uh, to their budget and their supporters and these private dollars that kind of go into the school and Got it. this became a big issue because they were it seemed as though the priority was with the private dollars than it was in supporting the students that are currently. Taking classes and finding a no. school to be, um, where they where they're choosing to take get their education, right? So right. in class, this became a conversation because in our program, we don't abide by the same rules and stipulations that undergrad goes through, right? Um, which is like okay cool that's a great thing but then because we're in higher ed we have a heart for undergrad students for all students and the fact that they're experiencing this isn't okay so we had an open discussion about it and um any other time I was kind of just sit back and just listen and uh you know just kind of see where everyone is but this time I felt compelled to speak up but I didn't want to say anything that would offend anybody or come off in a way like I had I had a stance that that was one-sided, you know? So when I opened up, I just had to address, hey, you know, I'm still learning about where I am and how to articulate exactly where I am when it comes to my faith and this huge controversial topic that often, I believe, is misrepresented by the church, you know? Mm. I set the tone with that to say, hey, like, I'm still growing and I don't really know, but this is what I can understand. And if I'm wrong, please correct me. If I say something offensive, let me know. I'm I'm putting it out there that this is something I'm I'm uncomfortable with, and I'm but I want to say something. So I you know I pretty much just spoke up to the fact that you know it's all this this um, concern for what the school is going to do with private dollars and how this is going to impact the school. But they've kind of taken this disregard for the student that they're actually serving and not being mindful that if they want these students to be successful, this stipulation that they're implementing could be the very thing that hinders this student from feeling confident, from getting their education, from feeling accepted in society at large. So the negative impact is gonna last much longer than any form of PDA that may happen two minutes on campus, you know? Like yeah. there's such a bigger issue here at hand and, and I, I just took the time to articulate it as clear as I could and I, and from what the response was, it was received well. Um, yeah. And, and I say all of that to just say like it's, it's so freeing to be able to just say, hey, I don't really know but inform me or I'm, I'm mm. still in a process of developing but this is where I am. It's like we feel the need to already be fully developed, fully understood as if we've lived this life before and we're going back through right. trying not to make the same mistakes. And it's like there's no way to do that. You know what I mean? Like, this no. life is new. We have no way of really preparing ourselves for what's to come. And but there's a standard honest.
1: of perfection, bro. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a standard of perfection and accountability, and it's the American way, bro, <laughs> that you're supposed to be accountable yeah. and perfect and yeah. know everything and just, and just have it all together, and that is impossible and unrealistic. Like, when you really think about it, like, bro, failure is nothing, bro. It's
0: nothing. It's nothing.
1: Failure means nothing, bro. If I go bankrupt today bro, that means nothing you know yeah, it's gonna be it could be a rough seven years, my credit to be jacked up, but that could be rebuilt, right? but it's the public shame and the fact that you messed up and, and what people think bro is what is what the issue is man when we talk about issues like homo not well not issues that's not an issue when we talk about um we talk about topics like homosexuality, yeah. right? yeah, controversial topics like homosexuality right it's it's, it's a thing because. You know, you look at the church, man, so many of us as Christians are conditioned to think this way. It's bad, it's a sin, going to hell, whatever, 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 right? But in reality, it's like, you know, I don't know. The way I look at God now is real simple, right? God's a, God's a father, right? Or a mother or both or whatever, right? But God's a father, right? You know, if we're going to just go by what the text says. And I'm a father. There's nothing that little Madison Bell can do outside of like, You know, a hundred counts of homicide or something ridiculous. That's going to make me stop loving that little girl. Right. Nothing. You know, that is my baby, my flesh and blood. There's nothing that can can take me away from her. Right. So if God loves me more than I love my daughter, you know, I don't think there's anything that's going to separate God from the people that he loves. Right. Right? Right. Regardless of what the rhetoric is in your respective religion. Right. At me if you want to. You know, but that is my personal belief. So... With that, I don't, yeah, yeah, on everything. But with that, it's like, yo, you know, I don't understand why we concern ourselves so much with what the next man is doing. That's none of my business. Whether you agree with it or not, it's none of my business. right? You know, but what I can say is morally and as a human being walking this earth, everybody has a right to do whatever they want to do. Um, But we're so intolerant to ideas that aren't part of our our, our programming.
0: Man.
1: You know, and that is just such an issue, bro. Man. That's the word I got from you, dog. Don't make it sound like I, I did something crazy.
0: That's good, bro. That's good, though. That's good. That's good. Oh, man. Man. I, I look forward to the day because I still find myself being concerned with other people's opinions. And every day I me get too. a little bit more comfortable oh, with um recognizing that it doesn't impact me one way or the other. You know? Something no. simple as going to a concert, wearing, like, a hoodie, some regular jeans, and, like, my beat up Vans, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there was one point where i was like, yo, I need a fresh outfit. And now I'm at a point where it's like, yo, like I'm to go comfortable cause I'm about to turn up. I'll be damned yeah. if I wear my, my good shoes and, and get them jacked up by the end of the night. Like I ain't, nah, yeah. I, just, I put, I put bread for them shoes. I'm not about to mess that up yeah. for today. You know what I mean? Like, for what? That, that's such a small example,
1: but that's huge. You know what no. I mean? Getting to a point Bro, where like- Bro, I felt the like, same way when I matter. braided my hair. What do you mean? As far as what? Bro, when I when I when I braided my hair, I had those. Uh, well, every every braid I had. When I braided my hair and went to work, when I was working as a set medic, mm-hmm. I was so insecure as as to what you know white people would think of my job. Wow. Of me, so I wear a hoodie to work. You know, almost every day, and I wear Adidas sweatpants and. You know, Adidas NMDs, because they're really comfortable, right? Um, some beat-up NMDs. But I was so, like, I, you know, I'm like, okay, the, you know, the, I'm wearing wearing all this, you know, sportswear, and I'm wearing a hoodie, but it's all good. But when I put braids in my hair, I'm like, damn, what do they think of me? Do they look mm-hmm. at me differently? Am I being judged now? Do I look like a thug? Wow. You know, it's all I can think about when having my hair that way, you know? It's because of what we've been conditioned, you know, to what the stereotype is around these you know these different forms of, of expression
0: man you
1: yeah. know so i get it bro you ain't gotta yeah i get it yeah
0: yeah i get it i mean and and I, and I hear and i see other people i watch hella interviews and i never realized that was a thing but i watch hella interviews i guess right and it's like i hear this message of you got to get to a point where you stop caring what people think And I think that sounds so like, all selfish and isolated, but it's not, it's it's a very freeing concept. And in the process, people are gonna probably feel some type of way and they're gonna communicate through their insecurities. But at the end of the day, when you start living that freely is when you find that true success and then people start looking on with Mm -hmm. admiration of like, dang, I would love to be that free. Because I look at other yeah. people who are free and like, man, that's dope. They get to do what they want. Like, I respect it. You know what I mean? But if, if it's somebody close to me and they start doing things, I can see why I may feel somebody like, dang, that they don't do that, yo. Like, don't do that. People are going to think this. Because I also am mm. uncomfortable with the people near me doing things because I feel like I'm going to be associated with the things that they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so my insecurity isn't even one of concern for them. It's more concern for me still. Like, how selfish yeah. is that? how selfish is that yo what <laughs> that's crazy
1: you know it's funny because it's like it's kind of like antithetical to what you're saying a little bit um but it may blend he but i was uh i was talking to the
0: God, Lee, you in these words bro <laughs> Antitheti- oh i'm gonna type that in okay i'm sorry go for it bro um <laughs> <laughs> Ant-
1: <tentacle. laughs> uh, Directly
0: opposed or contrasted Mutually incompatible Wow <laughs> I would have said like contradicting God, he said Well that's
1: one of my favorite words right now antithetical, uh, The antithesis But anyway It's kind of antithetical to what you're saying But it may Like I said it may blend So I was talking to the homie right And um You know we are talking about How How we as men Need to be more responsible To how we relate to women You know Um because what you're talking about is is the subtle art of not giving a fuck, pretty much, um, which is a beautiful concept. But it's interesting because it's like, you know, it's also got to be exercised with caution, which is I I know, you know, could be an argument. But, you know, I was, I was talking to him about that. And I'm like saying how like, you know, me, if you've ever met me, you know, especially if you're a woman that's ever met me, you know, I've got um, historically if I have had like a flirtatious nature. You know, I make, you know, flirtatious jokes or whatever the case is and like. You know, we actually conflicted on this recently, actually. Um, But, you know, I I just flirt. Oh, I I flirt too much sometimes, right? Um, What I've realized is the reason why, part of the reason why is because that's the behavior I observed growing up. You know, that's how my dad related to women was in that same manner, that same nature, you know, and that's something that I adopted. Um, And with that, you know, I, I realized it took me a while, but I realized, you know, after 27 years that although I want to hide behind the fact that that's how I relate or that's how I am and people need to get used to the way that I am, that in fact, I've got to be conscious of the way that I'm being perceived because in the way that I'm... Um, can you hear me, bro? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, that's breaking up for a second. In the, in the way that I'm, I'm, I'm moving, in the way that I'm, I'm, I'm behaving, it can make people uncomfortable you know, and it may not be no grotesque thing, but just, you know, it can rub you the wrong way, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not, like, keen to the way other people um, perceive me, right, so it's really interesting, because, I mean, a lot of us, us, us do that, but it's like, you know, although it may not be, like, this, this direct thing where it's, like, you know, you're being offensive You know May be offensive in nature Or intent right. Does not mean that you still Don't have like The responsibility, responsibility. To, mm-hmm. to, to Yeah to respect Other people's You know uh, behavior. Cause I was telling the homie Like you give me something simple even you, you just Hey you know um, <laughs> What was that whole uh, Asking a girl You know, why, you know uh, Smile Why you uh, Smile Why you look up so yeah, yeah, Even yeah, something yeah. Even yeah. something that lighthearted.
0: When a girl is like Frowning or looking sad People are like Hey smile
1: yeah, smile, girl. You it's too. Like,
0: you too pretty to be looking upset. Yeah, it's out of their own discomfort.
1: Yeah, it could be that same in that same vein. But it's like, you know, if you've got ten people, ten dudes, right? That have, that you know are trying to pull up or hit or got ill intent or whatever the case is, and you're the one that's just joking and playing around, you still don't really separate yourself when you're kind of moving in any way that is reminiscent of the other nine individuals, you know. So it took me a while to realize that because I'm like, I'm finally finding that, you know, it's not even as funny as I think it is sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Some of my jokes or whatever the case is. And and, and and relating to people differently, you know, and I've even made dudes uncomfortable by, you know, some of the way that I decide to joke, you know, but in relating to people differently, it gives me more leverage in relationships. And I know that sounds selfish, but whatever. But it gives you more leverage to, um, you know, to, to have an effective, useful relationship. You know what I mean? No,
0: I definitely hear that. I definitely hear that.
1: I hate that entire bar. Uh, people don't know, but we're recording this one remotely, and you're breaking up. So I kept like pausing to see if you're still with me so I can manage that. And it sounded like I was skating. It felt like I was skating, but I wasn't skating. And I feel really bad about it. And I'm going on a tangent really, about it, but I don't I care. Really, I
0: feel really bad about it. That's going to be it <laughs> <run> back. <laughs>
1: What's
0: up? I said that's going to be crazy cuz when we when we run it back, you we're going to hear everything.
1: I know I'm going to run it back like, "Oh man, I didn't even sound crazy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um Jesus Christ. Okay, cool. Um So normally, right here, I would go, "Yo, uh thanks for listening. This is helping homies win." And we go peace. It's crazy, right? Um But Today, I got a couple, um, Cliff Notes. Is that what you call them at the end of the book? Yeah, yeah, All right, all right, cool. We call them that today. They're not called Cliff Notes? They probably are. Okay, whatever. Um, so listen, um, yo, everybody listening to this episode, if you made it to 102 minutes and 51 seconds, we really appreciate you, right? Um, I know it's been like a month since we posted anything, um. But, y'all still been rocking with us heavy. We're still getting, like, mad streams on uh, all platforms. And we appreciate you. Um, Real talk. Sorry for the wait. Um, Part one. Um, Damn, that might be the title of this episode.
0: Sorry for the wait.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um, cliff note number two. Nigerian Prince dropped October 19th. 19th. Dropped October 19th. So, it's been out for a couple days now. Um, It's showing theatrically intense. Theatrical. Theatrically intense cities. If you can check it out, uh, please do so. If you don't feel like going to the theater, that's not your jam. Don't trip because it's on Xbox, PlayStation, Amazon Prime, um, Direct TV, Comcast. Uh, it might be on YouTube. I haven't checked. Did you but say iTunes? Wherever it's on iTunes, you can buy it, rent it on iTunes too. I did not say iTunes. It's on almost every on-demand platform. You can find it um, if. You would I'm Check it out I'm it, it, it
0: I'm sorry
1: You gonna purchase it again I well, appreciate I, it bro I, I ain't not gonna
0: do it on Prime I was waiting to get the Apple TV I ain't not gonna do it on Prime Thank you for saying that
1: So So if you guys got any trouble DM me at, at Antonio J. Bell We'll figure it out together Don't trip But if you go on Prime If it doesn't come up When you type in Nigerian Prince Type in Nigerian Prince And then type in my name Antonio J. Bell And the movie is gonna magically appear And you're gonna be like Yo That's crazy Um, So check it out It's a really dope film We shot it um, Entirely in Nigeria it's a beautiful piece. Um, one of my, you know, most proudest moments in my life. Um, so yeah, check it out. DM me at me. Um, and I appreciate that. Um, what else I got? I have something else to say. Go Tarek. You got some,
0: um, pray for me in grad school, please. <laughs> <laughs> I found it.
1: There it is. Oh, you found it. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. Um, uh right, we're gonna we're gonna all pray for Tarek and grad school this week. I want everybody to pray um, tonight at um at, at nine eleven p.m. Why was nine eleven? Bro, why 7, is it always PM.
0: nine eleven? Oh, oh, is it always not? No, it's not. 11-11 I thought you were saying it's 9-11 right now. My bad.
1: I <laughs> that's the other thing I wanted to say. Hey, yo, I apologize for how how wild I might have sounded tonight. It is um three a.m. And um, I was going to say Nigeria and Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is it 3 a.m. in Virginia right now. Um, but we just know we haven't posted in a while, so we stayed up late to make sure we get one to the people because um, we rock with y'all heavy, and we thank y'all for rocking with us. Um, if my If my brother ain't got no more words, I just want to say this is Helping Homies Win, the podcast. Peace. Peace.